pledging this week to remove all traces of corruption from the world of Argentine football podcasting. Welcome to Hammer Pod. course to the big story of the day in just a few minutes or a little bit later on anyway one of the two when we remember to. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined for this week's episode of Hand of Pod the 186th episode by Andres Bruckner. Hello thank you for inviting me. Welcome back Andres thank you for coming Um, and before we go any further I'm going to shut the kitchen door because the noise of the fridge motor is picking up on the microphone so bear with me two seconds. Isn't it? Apologies. Right then. Um, very first thing we need to say is that Handpod is sponsored, uh, not by a, a business enterprise who are now having second thoughts about what a good idea it was to sponsor us and try to distance themselves from us, but by the Argentina Independent, who are a wonderful source of English language news, entertainment, current affairs, and all the rest of it uh, from Argentina and across Latin America. You can listen to them entirely free of charge on ArgentinaIndependent.com, and we plead that you do so. Uh, please give them some support. Um, there is no corruption in this endorsement. No, there's definitely not. They just pay for our alcohol. That's all. There are no bribes involved. Yes. Unless alcohol counts as a bribe, in which case there's a bribe involved. But we're open about it. So it's not a bribe. Can't stress that enough. Definitely not a bribe. Um, we may as well start with... Before we do the normal bit of reading out the scores, let's just jump straight in, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are, are wondering. In fact, we've had a couple of questions already, so let's do a very unusual thing for Handapod. We'll read out a couple of listeners' questions first. Um, quite predictably, really. I only asked, uh, remembered that we were recording this evening a few minutes ago. Um, sent a quick tweet saying, tweet your questions into Handapod. And we've had a couple. Andrew Rainey says he's curious about the South American reaction to the US or FIFA overreach or legitimate use of power. Is it that how it's seen? Uh, Chris Hartley says, how's the news on FIFA today? Been reported in the press in Argentina. Do they even care? Paul Odegaard says, is Grandona Senior being named co-conspirator number 10 in the FBI report? Just a coincidence. He's Argentine, of course, so the number 10 is, is symbolic, perhaps. I doubt the FBI know too much about that. And, and Maradona uh, talking also about this, so it's number another number 10. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, those are uh, the general gist. Of course, we were going to mention um, the... Uh, the, the FIFA stuff anyway particularly because around half of the people named I've not seen the full list because I've had other things on my plate today I've been off signing a contract on a new flat um, but around half of the people named are Conmebol people I believe there are three Argentine businessmen who are heavily implicated in it all and of course um, in this list of, of co-conspirators the, the deceased Julio Grondona uh, to absolutely nobody's surprise, who knows anything about who Julio Rondona is or was, um, is is named on, on the list of uh, defendants. So, Andres, you've been either reading a little bit about this today. What do you think? His reaction could, couldn't be surprised, uh, surprising in terms of, of, of how uh, or, or 
so, some sometimes uh, or anytime it this will 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 come to 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 light because uh, it was said lots of, lots of times how Grandona was managed the 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 AFA and and and, and how he was capable of uh, covering all these by paying bibles bribery perhaps or 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 or, or well uh, we don't know other types of 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 mechanisms in which he could uh, make this not be investigated but now that uh, american or north american justice has uh, discovered this and and it pro they promised to go up to, up to the the end of of, of, the, of the problem of the of the bribery Perhaps because the, the the U.S. banks were implicated, were uh, involved in this, as the ones that paid the bribes used the, those banks. Um, that's why the U.S. justice now is uh, like making this. Well, the Department for Justice apparently has the the remit to go after anybody who uses an internet connection, an ISP in the states, or uh, if, yes. if a transaction goes via an American server. Um, they can do it. So obviously they have far wider ranging um, lots of uh, what's the word uh, 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 jurisdiction, um, I suppose, than, than say UEFA do. Uh, plus Switzerland's right in the middle of Europe, so you're not going to get the EU or anything like that going after the line. The the case is that there is a prosecutor that now is the most famous in the world, perhaps Loretta, and I forgot the surname. Um, who is who was the voice of this uh, uh, of the FBI perhaps saying that there were uh, 14 FIFA members that had been uh, implicated in this very very uh, gate because this this case was uh, with the hashtag in Twitter like like FIFA gate um, and three of the members as you said, were Argentine uh, company CEOs or, or, or owners like uh, Bursaco, Alejandro Bursaco, the CEO of Taze Sports, a well-known uh, sports channel here in Argentina. He's the CEO of the production company rather than of the channel. Yes. That's right. Uh, yes, Torneos y Competencia, sorry, not yeah. Taze Sports. Taze Sports the is a channel. They're obviously, they come from the same people. But they're Torneos y Competencia also produces, for example, Fox Sports. Hmm. Some some programs of Fox Sports, um, and uh, two members of a of the of market sports marketing company, whose rights, who, who are the owners of the rights, for example, for South American qualifiers for the for the World Cup and the Copa America that is upcoming here uh, in two weeks uh, time in, in Chile. Well, they have the rights for the broadcasting. Uh, for broadcasting that that tournament, and, one and they are. That seems to spark this thing is that they also have the rights for the 2016 Copa America the centenary um, extra edition, which is being held in the United States next year, yes. and for which they apparently paid rather a large bribe uh, for the the broadcast rights. I managed to catch that before I went to bed last night. Um, well, they are accused all of them because I am talking about members and not what really happened, and they are accused of uh, paying bribes, of course of up to or more than 150 million dollars in for uh, having privileges privileges on on this marketing and and, and, and publicity and being uh, the the official broadcasters of the of the tournaments mm -hmm. from 1990s 
it is uh, so it is a lot of time 25, 25 years ago that they are doing this and no one or no there was no possibility of discovering this before uh, they, well it is of course a big question why they are doing this investigation now and why they they it took so long to to know to know this when it was suspected because any any everyone here suspected of Glonona and, and and the and the officers or or board members or or whatever that they were they had to do with these kind of things but there was no there no was proof no will. there was no will to do anything about it i guess um Julio Rondona has personally been implicated in all of this of course um Point two hundred and forty-nine. Apparently, I've not read the whole report, of course, uh, but it's it's on Olay and it's the one that has made. I mean, Nico Cachacena. It's one that has made the headlines here in Argentina this evening, this afternoon. Point uh, two four nine does not mention Grondona by name, but it does uh, say that the president of the Argentine Football Association in twenty thirteen, which obviously was Grondona. Um, received bribes of three million US dollars for the signing of a contract with the business Datisa, um, who are in charge of the commercialization of the Copas America. Um, he got $3 million as well for each one of the four following Copa America. That's 2015, 2016, 2019, 2023. So that's a total. The $3 million at the beginning, plus $3 million for each of the next four Copas, is a total of $15 million. Um, he, along with the president of the Brazilian Federation at the time, uh, and the president of, I think, Conmebol. The vice president, I think, Figueiredo. Vice president, okay. Ah, Figueiredo, right, who's now the president of Conmebol, but at the time is the vice president. No, he's vice, I think. Naput is the president right now. As if I oh, you're right, of course. Yes, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm getting confused. Um, yeah, so they got $15 million each, um, which sounds like small potatoes, actually, compared with some of the numbers that we're talking about, but it's been no surprise at all that Grondona uh, has all of this money. He admitted to it in a television sting, having, you know, knowing the location of money and, and having savings in Switzerland and all this kind of thing a few years ago, which, of course, right before the uh, AFA presidential election, the last time he was voted in as, as AFA president, um, which didn't do anything at all and which nobody was very surprised about. So we're talking about somebody who'd already admitted quite a bit of this stuff because he was completely, you know, nobody cared. Um, and it's taken, I guess, some a jurisdiction. His, with his ability was always not only doing this business, dirty business, but also not like like I said. It is fifteen, twenty-five years since these things has has been uh, since they have been doing these kind of things, and it had uh, there were no proofs, no proofs because they were uh, they had the the necessary ability to. To put it behind the the uh, under the the the, the table. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, indeed. What else can we say? I mean, we knew it already. It's not as if we, when he was alive, would uh, say that Granada was a particularly clean person. So I'm trying to. No. You know, how much more detail well, can we get? Obviously, with this being an Argentine football podcast. Or is well, even even funnier? And and I I think this has to do with. Uh, the times in which uh, things are, are said and, and, and discovered, because on Friday there are supposed to be FIFA elections, or president FIFA, FIFA elections, and, and I, I heard or I read that the elections will be taken anyway. 
and it's impossible to until you determine the, the the persons that are clean and the ones that are have to do with these braveries. Mm. Well, uh, it, it is not uh, good to have elections. Well, good. <laughs> it is no convenient and no there will be no transparency. No, no, no. There is no clear for uh, an institution like FIFA to maintain or to 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 call elections when all these things uh, come to to light. The thing is, this has happened before in FIFA's history as well. There have been investigations going in, okay, maybe not on this scale, but you know, ending up clearing out uh, FIFA's executive committee right before an election, and it's resulted in essentially the the, the president's uh, or the incumbent president's enemies being cleared out, and then for, for the president being uh, elected in a landslide. And I know that Blatter hasn't been named in any of this. He's not under arrest. Apparently, he's been told not to leave Switzerland. But how much of this is Blatter kind of... Okay, Grondona, of course, was one of Blatter's biggest allies, and he's there, but he's dead. So how much of this is Blatter, you know, perhaps getting people who know people to leak the names, to make sure this, this, that, and the other, and to make sure the only people who are actually getting in trouble with this are Blatter's enemies, and people but who were at least his response, or, He's at least responsible for not knowing that they, they he had people in his organisation that had the that received or paid or whatever bribes? Yeah, at the very least, if we believe what he says, then he didn't believe it, in which, uh, then he didn't know it, in which case he's he's incompetent and yes. the alternative is he's lying and he didn't know about it, in which case he's one of them as well. And, all and the rest clearly a press uh, communicate in which he's, he's like, of course, he, he he's uh, not to blame, but like we will clean this like he was uh, as if as if he didn't have anything to do with this, mm. as if he were from another company or or the from another organization, and and this is oh this is terrible. How come? Well, well this I is. I don't know whether you saw the Conmebol statement that got put out this afternoon. Yes, yes, it's well, the so same. Now, I'll read out my translation of it in in full. Um, I translated it very quickly on Twitter, so this is only a, a a brief translation, which my girlfriend, who is a professional translator, was most upset with me for doing. Uh, you don't translate things quickly, she told me, but you know, I, I needed to, it's breaking news. Um, and the statement in its entirety read, Following the grave events in Zurich today, involving people linked to FIFA, Conmebol and CONCACAF, the Executive Committee and the delegates of Conmebol's constituent associations after a plenary session resolved to publicly communicate the following. 1. We repudiate every act of corruption and support without restrictions... Sorry, we repudiate every act of corruption and support without restrictions these investigations and any which will start regarding FIFA, CONMEBOL and CONCACAF and other football organisations with respect to their supposed irregular activities. Supposed irregular activities. Promising to collaborate openly and emphatically with these investigations. Two, respect in line with investigation, individual declarations of innocence or guilt. And three, safeguard through the search for truth, ethics and transparency the activities of FIFA, Conmebol, and their member associations. So they are looking for Isn't the that things sweet? that they are aren't doing because the vice president has been arrested. Indeed. D does any of that strike you as the words of an organisation who are collectively shitting themselves? <laughs> All of it, yes. I think, is the correct answer. Um, well, we've just had a match kick-off, by the way. Boca Juniors versus Huracan Las Heras in the Copa Argentina is underway. There are several other Copa Argentina games going along as well, and we will mention them in a few minutes. 
Um, unless you can think of anything else to add on this FIFA business, Andres. It's, just... a, it's a really me- real mess and, and it's hard to not to miss anything because, uh, well, to, to make a, like a summary of it, it's 14 members that are implicated in this. Seven of them has, have been already arrested. Uh, but three of the, the three Argentine CEOs of companies hasn't been arrested. Uh, they are uh, looking what to do with their lawyers, uh, apparently. But no, 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 there are no news about them since this came to, to light. Uh, but yes, it's well, uh, the, the, uh, I think Curry was, I, I don't know if he was also a prosecutor like uh, the the one that talked today but saying that it is a good day for football well mm-hmm. but i i think that if this really comes to an end and 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 the ones that are have to do with this are arrested and are in jail and 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 this makes i i am i am this is like a desire and i, I don't think that it will be like this but if this makes uh, of, of uh, FIFA officers and, and and the ones that have to make decisions, not to pay any more braveries or receive any more braveries, it's okay. That that will mean that means it's, it is a good day for football. If not, it is. Uh, well, we, we we have to think who will be the next one in, to pay mm. braveries because uh, if Blatter ends up going, then it's a free for all and. It's up for grabs, but unless Blatter goes, I can't see anything much changing. That's what I think. Anyway, let's move on to the Argentine League. We are aware, by the way, that the Argentina national team squad uh, was announced today for the Copa America. We'll be getting to that at the end. But now, let's talk about some football, shall we? Because it was a very short supply last week. (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to being able to talk about some matches. And and, and luckily, we really have to talk about... Any other stuff? Well, yes, there is another rather uh, tragic incident which overshadowed the weekend, um, which was happened in the uh, second division. Um, Paraná defender Cristian Gómez had a heart attack on the pitch. Uh, His match, their match again, it was away, wasn't it, to Boca Boca Unidos, um, and had uh, had a heart attack on the pitch and died. Um, Apparently, he was definitely arrived to the hospital. Twenty seven years old. Rest in peace, obviously. Um, the second death of a player due to something happening on an Argentine More stadium weeks, yeah. in two to three weeks. Yeah, um, and the thing with that one is, again, there have been questions asked about the state of, of, of uh, safety in the stadium, and this was it was a very similar condition to what has killed a high number of footballers in the last decade or so since Mar Vivian Foe died, of course, um, and. Apparently it's 60 now, since, since Foa's death. Um, but it's a pre-existing condition that is undetectable until it happens. And so I, I sort of put this out on Twitter and said, you know, how is this continuing to happen? It's a very high number in the last decade, much higher than before what's going on. And as a few people kind of pointed out, and I think that they probably have a point, that um, perhaps it was just as frequent before, but it's you know better reporting. I mean, we're talking sixty worldwide. We're not talking sixty in Argentina or just in the Argentine second division. All over the world at all levels of the game. But so it's in quite possible. It's improved reporting, improved connectivity, that uh, an improved diagnosis that, that that's led to this sudden spike in in the reported number. 
But what he doesn't change is just maybe he'd have been saved with easier access for the ambulance team onto the pitch or whatever. Um, because the players from both um, teams. But as, as happens, uh, as everything here in Argentina, that we are, we are familiar with this and this is not good to be used to, to the controversy all the time. Mm. And uh, even with, with a delicate thing like this, like his uh, player's death, that the person saying that all all was in condition, the, the he he did he made the the ch he checked his heart. He did. He had to do the studies, the the uh, to check his 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 health uh, in terms of the. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's true. I mean, part of the point is. And, and a, a teammate said he didn't, mm. uh, or or his last. Uh, how, I know how to translate it. Cardiogra electrocardiogram mm. wasn't okay. Wasn't good. Oh really? I haven't heard that. Uh, uh, one of the of his teammates said this, and uh, for the control on the other hand of the. President that had said that yes, a, a, a professional player can't go to the pitch and play if the, he's not okay. If if his check checkings hadn't been okay or good results, and well, I don't remember now the the, the name of the teammate that made made sure he no he wasn't okay. Mm. He and um, the, the 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 question we have to ask is why he he played why. This, for example, this this player that said, that declared that uh, uh, Christian Gomez wasn't in condition to play because his heart wasn't good, uh, according to the results of the of the of the medical uh, well the, the check of of, of of his heart and and how how come he played anyway? That if if this is true, of course we are we have the two versions, the ones. The one that said that he was okay, that his heart was good, and the other that said that no, he he had problems, uh, and we have controversy in uh, in a, in a, in something that uh, we we wouldn't uh, wouldn't have because it's we we are talking about the health of of a of a person independently of well he's a he was football player played here in Argentina, that's why we are talking about him. But uh, it, it it applies to any any other person, not only well because of of of, of because he was a player and and, and 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 well we are talking about him because of that because but uh, uh, it's 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 sad how we have different versions even with things like this. Yeah, we that uh, the president saying 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 something the. And the teammate saying no, uh, it, it is not like that. He, he wasn't good. He he didn't have the uh, his uh, heart in good condition. So, uh, mm. and 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 adding to that, the ambulance that didn't, I think that uh, didn't have the space to access to the stadium to the to the pitch and, and, and was outside the pitch and and they he it took five or six minutes for the ambulance to come and. And and tr and take the uh, the player to the to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, which is um, as I say, one of the problems. I I was not aware that, uh, that, that there had been this argument between the club president and one of the players. Um, but yeah, obviously tragic, and it caused uh, the last match of the Primera over the weekend to be called off um, or rather postponed. 
um, along with a couple of matches from the second division and a bunch of matches on Tuesday uh, from the Copa Argentina and from the lower divisions. Um, it didn't cause, slightly strangely, either Boca Juniors against Aldo CB or uh, Godoy Cruz against Belgrano to be called off, which was a bit weird because both of those kicked off an hour or so after um, the news of, of Gomez's the, the death. The issue was taken one hour before River. It, it such a long time to, to take the decision, I don't know. Um, but here we are. And so what we have now is I'm going to read out to you 14 scores um, of the matches that did take place from the Primera this weekend. Those were, and now we can finally actually genuinely get to talking about some football, um, Gimnasia La Plata 3, Quilmes 2, Crucero del Norte 3, Yes, you heard that right. Defensive Justicia 1. Uh, Crucero del Norte, by the way, just as we've been recording, as Andres was talking just then, have returned to their normal form by losing 2-0 against 2nd Division Los Andes um, in the Copa Argentina. Uh, that's just ended. Um, Tempele 0, Huracan 0, Arsenal de Sarandí 1, Unión de Santa Fe 1, Rosario Central 1, Lanús 1, Colón de Santa Fe 2, San Martín de San Juan 2. Very good game, that one. Banfield 1, Meresasfield 3, Olimpo 0, Nueva Chicago 0. And that one, surprisingly, uh, considering the teams involved and considering the scoreline, was also quite a good game. Uh, San Lorenzo 3, Sarmiento 0. Atletico de Rafaela 1, Estudiantes 2. Racing 1, Independiente 0 in the Clásico. Argentinos Juniors 2, Newell's Old Boys 1. Boca Juniors 0, Aldo City 3. And Godoy Cruz won Belgrano de Cordoba nil. And obviously Tigre River postponed until, well, we don't know when, uh, because it couldn't be played this midweek. So, of course, right after we finish recording, River have their second leg of the Copa Sudamericana quarterfinal away to Cruzeiro, in which they trail 1 nil. Uh, that happened after yes. we recorded last week. Copa Libertadores, not Sudamericana. Bloody hell, I've said it again. Yes, thank you, Libertadores. Um, the big story on the pitch, um, at least in terms of matches that got played, the big story of the weekend just gone has to be Boca losing their unbeaten record in the league, um, getting tonked by Alba City. They played, you know, not that dissimilarly to, to how they played most of the matches, really. I think that's possibly more worrying. The finishing was poor. Daniel Osvaldo a penalty, had a couple yes. of shots go, go near. I mean, it, it could have been very different, but... A lot of goal opportunities missed on the first half, which was good. Of course, they, they, they haven't scored, but... Uh, talking about the the, the way they uh, took Alosivi to their box, uh, to their side, and, and the, the number of good opportunities they had, uh, we have to say it was, good, it, was a, it was a good first half. But when you have bad luck, when you are cursed to uh, say it in, in, in any way, uh, things like this happen. You, you look for the chances, but you don't get the ball behind. Uh, Inside the, in the top of, top of the net and and uh, well Osvaldo yes as you said missed the penalty uh, uh, had a header in the, in the in the bar had a, a pretty good chances that were well taken by him but because the ball didn't want to get into the ball into into the goal it didn't and and then Aldo Civi had Roger Martinez Sand and and uh, well and Luercio like three of the the, the 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 makers of this great victory for Aldo Civi and uh, Rocha Martinez had a, uh, another matches in which he proved being good with spaces is 
uh, hard to stop for defenders. Mm. And now he will have to come to go back to, to Racing, it is said, in June. Very good player for Racing. As he has been playing for, for them, then uh, I think he's in loan at LCB. And now he's, I think he's much more, much better striker than he was when he w went to LCB. I think it helps that he's... he's the centre of the team there whereas for Racing he was a slightly peripheral yes. figure he was often playing out wide so you know literally a peripheral figure as well as uh, figuratively and maybe going to Aldo Civi and, and getting a good run in the team as well because he didn't have one in, you know Racing more often coming off the bench than starting uh, and getting a decent run in the team is, is done in the world of good I'd say hilariously by the way um, Aldo Civi were considering paying Racing an extra fee for the loan so that he could play this coming weekend against Racing, because obviously you can't do that under the normal terms of a loan contract. So there's always a little bit of a yeah, you know, you can play him against us if you give us this extra bit of money. And they were considering doing that, and then 27 minutes into the match against Boca, he picked up his fifth yellow card of the season. So decision made. He's suspended this weekend anyway against his own his parent team. Yes, um, it, it is. It is funny. It's something uh, curious because. You give the player on loan, but then you don't want him to play against you, uh, your team. And so, why did you give him on loan then? Hmm. If you are don't you like to play for him to play against you because you think I that think the adapter thing is that here those rules can be got around because in in some leagues, it's a fairly standard thing that the player can't play against his parent club. You know, as much as anything to guard against. Corruption. He will have more willing to 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 score than. To, to show them that he's good. Well, yeah, or maybe, you know, to avoid the chance that the club might say to him, look, we'll give you an improved contract next season when you come back from loan. Just make sure you play poorly against us. You know, if it's a goalkeeper playing on loan against a parent club who are scrapping for the title or whatever, you think, mm, you know, there's the option there for some, some uh, below-the-belt kind of actions. Um, but he did play very well. And Aldosini, I thought... Deserved the win. I'm not sure 3-0 was really a reflection. I mean, as I said, Boca, particularly Daniel Osvaldo, missed a few chances. Missed a penalty, missed a few chances. And, and defensively, Boca had a, a, a pair of mistakes that were... Angel Mildoso's goal at the very end was just, as a non-Boca fan, it was hilarious. Yes. Um, and giving the ball yeah, back to Monson the... basically passing it to him behind the back. <laughs> Well, if the, if the through ball had gone through from an Aldo Civi player, I think he was in an offside position, but Monson knocked it back and he just chipped it over the goalkeeper. Um, so Boca, for all of the talk of... of, of we have to say that Boca, Boca looks like shit, but they lost two matches in the whole year yeah. after now. One in, in the league and they're joint top of the league still. Uh, yes. Only joint now because San Lorenzo beat San Miento 3-0. Another 3-0 win, which perhaps wasn't quite a 3-0 win even though San Lorenzo did edge the match, Sarmiento put up a very good uh, fight for it, I thought, and two of the goals, two of San Lorenzo's goals, came in the 87th and the 91st minutes from Martin Cateruccio, um, as Sarmiento were pushing forward to try and get something from the game. I was impressed by Sarmiento in that one. Though. First half was impressive by, by them, by Sarmiento, but they, it was, I don't know, I know it was clear, but it was no surprise that at the second, in the second half they were tired because mm. of the high pressure they applied against San Lorenzo in the first half which was uh, I think the best they can play because they they, they, were, they missed only the, the goal only they were pressing San Lorenzo on their side not not letting them play and when they had the ball they played played it decently 
and they had had play a pair of chances, but one I think Torrico was was good and saved him, saved yeah. it. And well, in the second half they were tired, and San Lorenzo, well, uh, uh, took advantage of that and with a pair of of Cautorucho goals. And Verón, I think he was the the, the third one. Uh, they sealed the. No, Vishalba uh, scored the ah, first. Bichalba, sorry, Vishalba um, scored the first goal about a minute into the second yes. half, and, and Cautorucho scored the last two. Um, and the Clásico, what do you think? Did you catch much of it? Uh, well, I, I caught about three quarters of it, as you will have heard if you were listening to my Rabble live broadcast, which uh, due to a few technical problems on Rabble's end uh, didn't start until ten minutes into the match because there, there were some server issues with me being able to log in, and then I had a power cut uh, oh. which does not happen very often at all in this part of Buenos Aires and that's not sarcasm, it's, it's Palermo doesn't get power cuts um, all of the building on this block went out for about, uh, the power sorry, on this block went out for about five minutes just long enough for me to run downstairs, see what was going on at street level, and then turn around and realise that the lights had come back on and the TV across the road in the, the cafe right across the road had come back on. Um, so I ran back up and started it up again for the second half. Um, so that was frustrating. But it was an interesting game, more than anything, because Independiente just didn't seem like a team playing a Clásico. As it, was, as it has been doing uh, the last four or five matches, perhaps... And it determined Almiron being sacked. Yeah. Uh, with him being, well, the, the board members board members saying that he will be, he will have his contract renewed, and the this following week he being sacked. And it was, I think, it was. Uh, if if it wasn't this week, it will be the other one, the next one. But it was, it was coming, uh, or it was. Uh, uh, said since a pair of matches that Almiron was with the rope on his on his neck and uh, well he was finally sacked and what is uh, remarkable is the the phrase he 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 said when when once he was not more the the coach of Independiente mm -hmm. saying that the the supporters will say. At last, this negro de mierda has has gone. Yeah. At last, this idiot basically is not negro de mierda in the Luis Suarez racism sense because no. he's not actually black, but it's a very common nickname here in Argentina, uh, regardless of skin color. In, yes. in it has nothing to do with color, but because he's got black hair, yeah. I think. Um, and yeah, so it's basically finally this this twat has left the the club. Is what it pretty much translates to. And it is a dream for Racing if they achieve semi-finals, uh, reach semi-finals of the Copa Libertadores against Guarani, because it will be winning the Clásico with the Milito goal, which is, who is the symbol, who is the most important man in the in the squad, regardless of the goals he scores. And, uh, well, uh, getting the semi-finals will be the perfect week for them. Yeah, we'll find out on Thursday, of course, uh, when Racing uh, take on Guarani at home at 9 o'clock Argentine time, um, training 1-0 from the first leg. We've not talked about the first legs, the second leg, sorry, of the Copa Libertadores yet. Any more league matches to talk about very, very quickly? Vélez Sarsfield kind of hit form again with their um, win over Banfield, but it's one match in a fairly uninspiring season, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, Colón against San Martín, as I said, was a match I enjoyed uh, quite a lot. The first two goals were 
fantastic. One one for each side. Brian Romero for Colón. And Pablo Vitti with a... It says here, header. I thought it was a header when it first went in. It was actually an overhead kick from a corner. Um, shortly after to, to level it. That finished 2-2. Um, and Cruzero del Norte scoring three against Defensa Justicia. How bad do you have to be to concede three goals to Defensa to Cruzero del Norte? A, a, a team whose best player is the pitch in their stadium. It's a long, long pitch, right? Very uh, very long. Yeah. But they, they didn't have luck the, in the previous matches, uh, even having that long grass that uh, should make them have an advantage be, uh, against the, the teams that aren't used to that. Oh, it definitely helps because uh, they've won every point that they've got has been won away from home. Away, uh, at home, sorry, away from home. They've lost six out of six, I think it is, or five out of five. Um, I shall mention uh, anyway, that. they score... Uh, Six goals in the last two matches, even losing the other, the previous five, one. Because they lost 5-2 five. Five away to Union. 5-3, wasn't it? 5-2. Trust me. Oh, okay. Definitely 5-2. Um, but, yeah, I mean, okay, so the attack maybe is improving. But uh, I, I wanted to address uh, football radar Rob, I think it is. Uh, one of the two Rob Browns, who's a regular listener, um, who, who uh, criticised me, let's say, had a, a discussion, I don't want to call it an argument, on Saturday during or just after Colón against San Martín said that I'd been too harsh on the newly promoted sides and that not all of them were as shit as Cruzero del Norte who I had held up as the standard bearers um, and so call this a clarification um, if you will but I, I wanted to clarify basically that the, I don't necessarily feel that all of the newly promoted sides are shit I just feel that a lot of the um, well basically the a 30 a 30-team division, a 30-team top flight is going to result in having lots and lots of teams who aren't good enough for a top flight um, because the top half of the B Nacional is not the same level as the as the bottom half of the Primera. Um, okay, I, I mean the, the bottom sides at the moment. Might as well do the standings now because we talked about most of the scores. The I, I know why harsh because. Cruzero Norte is, is really... Oh, no, I don't think he's denying that Cruzero del Norte is shit, but he's saying that, I'm, that I sometimes talk as if Cruzero del Norte um, are an average side compared with the rest, you know, kind of on the average of, of the rest of the promoted teams, when in fact they're very much one of the worst. And so I wanted to clarify that I don't actually disagree with, with what he's saying. Um, I just feel, OK, Arsenal, uh, Atletico de Rafaela are, are more established sides than Olimpo, and all of them are doing dreadfully this term as well. Arsenal is the, is the worst team, I think. Even worse than Arsenal like Norte. just awful. But um, and by the way, Arsenal. It was announced on Friday. Um, their three 0 win over Newell's Old Boys in the ninth weekend. Do you remember that? Has been overturned and awarded as a one 0 win to Newell's Old Boys because Arsenal fielded a suspended player. So that was the only win that Arsenal have had in any competition in 2015, and it's now been scrapped off and given to them as a loss because their administrators can't even do the job right. <laughs> So this is how bad Arsenal are. They have four points from 13 matches so far and just look dreadful. Who are they playing in the next round? Cruzeiro del Norte. So that's one match to avoid um, because it's Cruzeiro del Norte. It's in Arsenal's stadium as well. So Cruzeiro del Norte being away means that we're not even going to get the hilarity of seeing Arsenal's players try and deal with that pitch. Um, but yeah, OK, some of the tides are more established Primera sides. But basically, you, you're looking at up to 20th for the the actual Primera 
Vélez are doing bloody awfully and they're in 20th and the teams below them okay Vélez are doing awfully compared with what we expect from Vélez of course um, and to an extent this is a mistake of timing as well because it's coming halfway through what would have been the season and blah blah but a lot of those teams are, I, I continue to believe shouldn't be in the Primera some of them are going to get relegated yes. eventually but only two of them are going down this term and that's but not enough more or less I think most of their recently promoted teams uh, have, have adapted to the category have uh, had had their first matches that weren't weren't easy for them, which is logical, which is uh, no surprise because they uh, they didn't even dreamed six months before that they will be, will be in, in first division, and they they had their team they are in first division like oh we are in first division come on let's let's play but no with no preparation with no planification and even. With that, they had uh, they have uh, uh, adapted to the division. Like for example, Sarmiento Union, Union is not a, a small team in order to uh, not to be adapted to the first division because they had been in first division three or four years ago, two uh, between two and four years ago, and, and they know the the division. But for example, uh, Union uh, at Union Sarmiento and. Uh, Temporary have more or less yeah, adapted, and Cruz del Norte didn't. T- Temporary twenty second. But I think that they had more. I think that is deserved more wins that they had. Hmm. I think. Uh, not not that is that is not the they case. Had, they also had a, a quite tough fixture list, if I remember right. They, they played Banfield, of course, in the very first weekend, and then after that, I think it was something like Central Boca, okay. Racing, something like that, in, in in three or four matches after that. Um, so that's true. Some some of these sides, of course, have, have played far harder teams than others. But some of them uh, are Arsenal, Bissar, and the Indoor in Chicago, who just don't look good enough at all. Um, what else can we say? Right, Copa Libertadores quarterfinal first legs last week. Uh, Racing lost one nil away to Guarani, and they play on Thursday night. We were expecting Racing to get a result, I think, in Asunción, and they were quite poor. Do we think that they can do better with the the boost of victory in the Clásico? Uh, they, they. I think they will. Um, uh, Guarani will have will be tough defense. I think will have uh, their only their defenders uh, or and, and midfielders right waiting for Racing and and then trying to get a counter attack. And Racing will have the responsibility, of course. And and I think they will they will advance to to semifinals in part because of that of the of having winning. Having won the the, the classical against the Independiente, which is, uh, well, it, it is an injection of of of, of uh, its motivation. It is uh, the perfect, I think, the like the the cherry of the of the of the cake. Mm. And uh, well, it it didn't happen with Boca, for example, who had won against River in the in the. Uh, Tournament uh, match two uh, 0 and then they, league. yeah, the league match and they they, could, they couldn't uh, because of the uh, 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 also because of the uh, paper spray and that well, but uh, the, the the thing is that they couldn't uh, uh, pass River even having won in the in the league match. In this case, I think Racing will have a, a will have different uh, chances because it is Guarani. It is not an Argentinian team. Which I think that for another Argentinian team is more difficult. And also, 
Pardon the squeaking. Also, Racing, uh, playing at home in the Libertadores this year, have looked a very different side to, to playing away. I mean, they've, they've done pretty, you know, fairly poorly away throughout the Copper. Basically, and they've not lost every match. They've, I think they've won uh, one or possibly two in, in the uh, the group stage away from home. Um, but they they still looked a lot more complete and a lot more sort of focused when they were at home than they did away. And of course, they're playing at home on Thursday night. Um, there's not much point in going in, in previewing River versus uh, sorry Crusader versus River in much detail because by the time this podcast's online, it would have happened. It's kicking off in in an hour and a half. Um, but we're both River fans. Are you nervous? Cruzeiro won the first leg 1-0, by the way, for listeners. Um, and I will give you the, yes. the second leg score in a little aside after the theme tune at the end of this uh, later on. And I, I saw a, a surprisingly quiet team, a perhaps paralyzed team. I don't know. Some, some, some people said that that could have been caused by the, in, the problems in the Bombonera with the spray and... and and the pepper and the and the and that all that thing that I think the whole atmosphere around it obviously it's affected Boca enormously. The atmosphere around Boca isn't great at the moment by any means, but um, you know River were there as well, and I think it, it it kind of helped their concentration on footballing matters. Let's say obviously River advanced to the next round, and so they're in a better mood than Boca. But even so, they've still had that. But having haven't they haven't done it in in the, in the. In the in the pitch where they, they I think all, everyone wanted, which is supporters, players, and and this uh, uh, Boca, uh, the manager Arobarrena, Chelisi, and everyone accusing River of going and looking for the points to the desk uh, because they went to the Conmebol yeah. uh, venue in, in in Asunción or in Luque saying trying to to for uh, for Comebol to give them the points and and, and and eliminate Boca and well that that was something that was talked perhaps even uh, until the uh, River against Cruzeiro match was played so yes perhaps players couldn't uh, have their their heads into the match and were thinking on the on the on the things that happened in the in the previous match against Boca and the, up, so, the upshot of the first leg was that Cruzeiro won 1-0 with a very scrappy and easily preventable uh, late goal um, and therefore River now have to score well at least one to take it to penalties and, and probably twice um, in the Mineral in a stadium where Cruzeiro are unbeaten in continental competition um, to, to go through a stadium incidentally here's a bit of trivia for you that River played in before Cruzeiro played in it because River played in the inaugural match at the Mineral back in 1970-something, and it must have been against Atletico or, or maybe America. Um, and I'm River not has... Sure who it was. I just saw a, a little snippet earlier saying that River played there. And uh, River has some kind of course against, against Cruzeiro because they never beat Cruzeiro for in a one-on-one, in a head-to-head match, elimination... Uh, I think no, first and no. Uh, it's something like thirteen matches between the sides, and Cruzeiro have now won. No, so I think it must be fourteen matches between the sides after last week, and Cruzeiro have won ten, uh, eleven. So it's not great for River. Um, we will probably, I, I, I'm sad to say, 
uh, towards the end of the podcast after the theme tune, I'll probably be bringing you news of River's elimination from the Coppa Libertadores. Obviously, we hope that we're wrong, uh, but it will be quite a, a story if it doesn't prove to be the case. Um, Copa Argentina, let's go through a few of the results that we have had. We have, so far, while we've been talking, Atletico de Rafaela and Flandria, Atletico de Rafaela have gone through on penalties. Crucero del Norte, as I mentioned earlier, went out 2-0 against Los Andes. Lanús versus Atletico de Tucumán is due to finish in about 10 minutes, I think, and I don't know what the score of that is at the moment. And Boca Juniors against Huracán Las Heras is currently... Just flip the channel over. We're watching the Libertadores at the moment. Uh, Nil-nil just over half an hour in. Um, And now I should go back to Internacional against Independiente Santa Fe in the Copa Libertadores on the television. Um, Is there anything else to mention? Listeners' questions? We have mentioned... Have you mentioned the the 23 players list of the Copa America? Right, Right. okay. Uh, This piece of music, dear listeners will give me the chance to refill um, my glass or our glasses. Um, and when we come back, we will talk about the Argentina squad for the Copa America, which has now been announced by Argentina manager Gerardo Martino. And we will answer the couple of remaining listeners' questions that were not to do with the FIFA um, shenanigans. Um, so don't go anywhere. Argentina squad has been named and it looks like I have forgotten to bring up the list on the screen so let me just very quickly search for the Twitpic image here we are Any minute now. Here we go. Right, the Argentina squad, the 23-man squad for the Copa America is as follows. Goalkeepers are Sergio Romero of Sampdoria, Nahuel Guzman of Tigres, who uh, the Mexican club who became the fourth Mexican side ever to reach the Copa Libertadores semi-finals on Tuesday night uh, with a 2-0 win over Emelec. Mariano, 2-1 aggregate. Mariano Anduja uh, of Napoli. The defenders are Pablo Sabaleta of Manchester City, Facundo Roncaglia of Genoa, Ezequiel Garay of Zenit St. Petersburg, Martin, Martin Demichelis of Manchester City, Nicolas Otamendi of Valencia, for now, uh, Marcos Rojo of Manchester United, and Milton Casco of Newell's Old Boys, Milton Helmet. Uh, Lucas Biglia of Lazio, Ricardo Pereira of Juventus, Javier Mascherano of Barcelona, Fernando Gago of Boca Juniors, Ever Banega of Sevilla, Sevilla, sorry, uh, today's man of the match, by the way, in the Europa League final, or so I'm told, because I didn't watch it, um, Javier Pastore of Paris Saint-Germain, Eric Lamela of Tottenham Hotspur, and Angel Di Maria of Manchester United are the midfielders, and the forwards are Lionel Messi of Barcelona, um, just to clarify that in case you haven't heard of him. Sergio Aguero of Manchester City. Carlos Tevez of Juventus, as the Argentine commentators like to call them. 
Gonzalo Higuain of Napoli and Ezequiel Lavezzi of PSG. Andres, you're a resident of Argentine today. What do you think of that squad? Well, at least two of the four, four players that will be in the final of the Champions League will be in, are in this list because Tevez, Pereira from Juventus and Macherano and Messi from Barcelona are in this list. So we have four of the 23 players that will be playing the final. Just, uh, sorry, I'm um, just trying to count up. 10, 11, 12. I make it 14 as well who uh, were in last year's World Cup squad, just for comparison. Which, if I remember correctly, are Romero, Anduja, Sabaleta, Garay, uh, Rojo, Biglia, Mascherano, Gago, Pastore, no, uh, Lamet, bloody hell, Di Maria, sorry. <laughs> Messi, Aguero, Higuain, and Lavezzi. Is that 14? I think it's 14. Yes. I just counted 14 anyway, so I hope it is. Um, otherwise, I've either forgotten how to count or I have uh, I counted somebody the I, first time. I think the ones that aren't, aren't, that weren't called up by, by, by Isabella uh, are Otamendi, Casco, Pastore, Lamela, and who else? Well, Banega didn't make the final yeah. squad because of yes. uh, being naughty. Um, Javier Pastore wasn't in it. Eric Lamela wasn't in it because yes. he was a bit rubbish. That's Well, he wasn't exactly rubbish, but he wasn't very good either for Tottenham. Uh, and, of course, Tevez wasn't. Um, yes. In comparison, the reason that I, I count those up, by the way, is to ask... I've had a question on Twitter, which I don't think is actually meant for the podcast... But we might as well ask it anyway because it's an interesting one to, to, to answer here. Which is, do you think that the squad has improved or got weaker since the World Cup? Uh, well, the, the, great, the great surprise and biggest surprise is Milton Casco. I don't see him playing well. Is that a surprise, given that the manager's Gerardo Martino and Casco plays for Newells? But that, that is the only... Maxi Rodriguez has been cut from the list of 30, which is... Yes. Well, but uh, list of 30 means that meant that he will uh, he will be removed from the different different list i think that it was it was sure it will be like that then uh, i think he will be of course uh, uh, in case marcos rojo isn't uh, in conditions to play or he's injured or whatever uh, i thought that ansaldi would have a chance instead of milton casco mm. as he had been in taking part in the in San Francisco and, and well, uh, apart from him, I don't see any any big surprise or big uh, uh, disappointment. Apart from, for example, Nicolaita, who had been said he would be included in the list instead of Lamela, who is, has hasn't been playing very much for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, as um, Juan Pablo Varsky on Twitter put it. Gaetan is paid for having monsters in front of him um, as a forward come midfielder. Are we but sure? At the same time, I mean, Lamela's made the list, and has he actually been in? You know, not as I say, Lamela has flitted in and out a bit this season. Whereas Gaetan could play as a midfielder and as a striker, I think. And isn't he? Isn't he? Is he worse than Iwain right now? For example, Iwain is not thing. very good. Yeah, and, and also um, there's a profile of, of Gaetan on, uh, by, by Thomas uh, Kundert, who, who's a Portuguese uh, football expert. He, he wrote a piece on Gaetan for 442. 
Um, fair, I think it's fairly recent anyway. I read it yesterday. It might not be. It might be old for all I know. But uh, I got the impression it was a fairly recent one, um, in which he makes the point that Gaetan can be inconsistent at times, but he seems to save his best performances for the big games. So if he's going to put in a, a weak shift, he'll do it in in a match where the opponents don't interest him as much, or whatever, in, in a smaller match, um, and it'll be interesting. And you know, it, it's it's obviously particularly interesting for an English language podcast and for English language media because he's been quite heavily linked to the move to Manchester United um, in the last couple of days. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a surprise to see him not in the squad, but at the same time you kind of wonder whether he could have added to it. Asking about whether this uh, this list is, is an improvement or a uh, regression on the World Cup squad, I'm going to tentatively say that it's an improvement. Not a huge one, but I think it's a slightly more rounded team, more than anything, because the defence, the, the members of the defence who really made last year's World Cup campaign very solid are still there. Obviously, the main attackers, the Stardust, is still there as well. And you've got Pastore, um, who I thought was precisely the player who could have come in and replaced Di Maria when Di Maria got injured in the semi-final, made those runs beyond Messi when when Messi was being and, closed down too much. And there is something which that is important, which is... Well, Otamendi, for example, is another defender that is playing very, very good right now. And, for, for example, Pastore is another player that... Potentially good. It's potentially good, and you will, you will also, you will always uh, want him in your team. Mm. But if he plays, sometimes he's potentially good, but not good in the, in, in right now, in, in in the way he's playing right now. And he's uh, in at at this time he's good in both, potentially and in actually. I mean, he's playing good. He's doing good things in in in, in Paris Saint Germain. And and I I I heard something which which is I think is true. He's the owner of the team. Ibrahimovic, Lavezzi, uh, Berratti, La, Lucas Moura, uh, David Luiz, trusting him. He's uh, like the the one that creates the, 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 the game in the, in the in the team, and uh, his teammates have confidence in him, which is not not easy to to get. And the the name of the players I I, I just mentioned, like Ibrahimovic, for example, or Lavezzi, or or well, David Luiz, mm. who are who are important players and looking in in Pastore a, a, a great player and and, and, and well and, and trusting him and and that is good for a player that won't goes to the national team. That is not only well he he's a good player potentially. No, now he's playing good also. So that yeah. is that is uh, yes. In this case, in that case, but particularly is uh, is an improvement. And Eva Banega, of course, back in who might feel he has something to prove after yeah. uh, not making the cut for the World Cup, and as I say, after just being apparently man of the match um, in the Europa League final. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what the the, the 11s look like for the Copa America. Mm-hmm. We're obviously going to preview the Copa America properly um, closer to the tournament. Uh, it kicks off. On the it's the eleventh. Eleventh, yes. Eleventh of June. Argentina kicks off the thirteenth against Paraguay. Thank you very much, because that was going to be the next question. So it kicks off in just over two weeks. Uh, by the time this podcast goes online, it'll probably be two weeks today. So in actual life, you know, yes, Argentina will, will be playing um, a friendly against Bolivia 
in San Juan de Sixth. That's of on June. the sixth, isn't it? Which is a yes. week on Saturday. Um, so yeah, we shall see. We're hoping to be able to preview it. I know that uh, Mr. Wilson is in town, so I might try and get him on. Um, the sixth of June, which is the same day the Champions League final is being taken. So, yeah, of course it is because yeah. after that, the players involved in the, in the European Cup final are going to be travelling down, so they're going to miss the friendly, aren't they? Um, I would have thought that their players were going to fit in fairly easily, though. We're talking about Messi and Mascherano, who are obviously two absolutely key parts of the team who know exactly what they're going to be doing for Argentina anyway, um, and Carlos Tevez and, and Roberto Pereira, who are would arguably both be subs, although I think Tevez is more likely to be a starter under Martino. Um, Martino yes. said he saw him as a number Pereira nine. is another great, good surprise, I, I would say. Uh, well, he'd have been a surprise a year ago. I don't think yes. he's much of a surprise. Not surprise. I mean, that, like, like his, his uh, reality. Like, mm. he's not well. He played well two or three matches or uh, his good moment, but but no... Like Ocampos, for example. Uh, he, he made... He scored a brilliant goal for Olympique Marseille last week, and perhaps that may that make you think, oh, why not a Campos? Because you you make him score a goal like that, and well, you 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 have your 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 right to think that he deserves a, play, a spot in the in the list. But oh, Pereira has been playing in a good level for Juventus. Uh, yes, uh, perhaps a whole year. Indeed. Um, Remaining questions. Let's see whether anybody's asked us anything about not FIFA matters. Uh, Lawrence Hart has sent... Oh, good, he sent us in an explanation of why his team played defensive Eustisia kits, the five-a-side team in London who played defensive Eustisia kits. Um, he says, in answer to last week's question, the team name is the team name is Halcro, which, although similar to Los Alcones, has nothing to do with defensive Eustisia, but is the name of the civil engineering company which I worked for and, incidentally, which took me to Argentina. The reason that I was paraded onto Defensa Justicia's pitch was because the father-in-law knows the Defensa Justicia president and told him a bullshit story about how I run the Ricardo Bicha fan club in the UK. <laughs> Ricardo is probably the most famous player to play for Defensa Justicia and probably the only player to have played at all three stadiums that make up the heart-holy trinity of stadiums, the Norberto Tito Tomangelo, El Cilindro de Avellaneda, which of course is Racing Stadium, and Priestfield Stadium, which for the benefit of Andres, uh, I will explain, is Gillingham's Stadium. Um, I'm sure that Ricardo is not aware of this fact. Who knows, maybe he listens to Hand Pod and yes. is aware of it now, uh, you never know. But thank you very much for the explanation, Lawrence, it, it was a pleasure to read it. Uh, Howard Robinson doesn't have a question, but he tweeted me last week and... Um, it was some uh, some nice words, so I'll read them out. He said, as a Bocas sympathiser, this week's show, i.e. last week's show, was always going to make depressing listening. I thought you were both pretty fair and about as impartial as possible under the circumstances. Good work, guys. Thank you very much, Howard. We hope that the others who listened felt the same way. Um, the others are the questions that I read, about, read out at the top of the show. And then Chris Hartley asks, with regards to Argentine clubs in the Copa Libertadores, I almost said Champions League then, but he means CL, there's Copa Libertadores, of course. If both River and Racing go out in the quarters, how will this be viewed? How? How will it be viewed in Argentina? Disaster, won't it? Uh, you need at least one Argentine side in the In terms of the, uh, that they are only two teams or something like that? No, just if how will they, how will we see it in terms of the the Argentine league and the strength in depth and how good a competition they've had? I I think it would be okay. Maybe disaster's a bit strong, but it would be a major disappointment if they both went out. Yes, yes. Not. I think disaster is a bit uh, yes, a bit harsh. Uh, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like if, if you're an impartial Argentine observer and, and you want to, you want you, you just want Argentina's representatives to give a good show for the league, you expect at least one Argentine semi-finalist in the Libertadores each year. Okay, maybe not an Argentine team winning the Copa. That's not going to happen every year. You're not going to get to the final every year, but you expect at least one team in the semis, given Argentina's historical dominance of the competition and all the rest of it. But I, I think that uh, since uh, some time ago, uh, the teams in Argentina are used to choose one competition. If they advance in the Copa Libertadores, mm. they choose that tournament and they don't care about the 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 local league the the Argentine Argentinian tournament yeah and vice versa if they are out of the Copa Libertadores of course they will <laughs> try to put all their efforts in the in the league because they are ha they have no other so the media reaction to both of them being eliminated the, the, the it is uh, that will be I don't know I don't will say disaster but it uh, will be a fail for Mm. For from five teams that were uh, had had chances to to advance to the round of sixteen, yeah, and also five teams who were seen as okay. I mean, okay, let's say five teams. No disrespect meant to Huracan, but four of those five teams were seen as potential challengers for the Copa. San Lorenzo were the holders. Okay, they were in the, probably the group of death, but they were the holders. And then you have Boca and River, of course. No, oh, sorry, five teams who were in fact yeah, because um, as well Racing and Estudiantes. So six teams, of whom five were were seen as challenges for the for the cup itself, um, and yeah, I mean to, to have none of them in the semis would be. I would separate Estudiantes because they had some problems with I think decisions taken by Perón, the mm. president, uh, sacking Mauricio Pellegrino just when they were they were going to play the last match of the group, uh, or or it was uh, already in the round of sixteen. No, they were playing the last. Milito's first okay. game in charge was the last group game. Anyway, it's very little time for players to know the the coach, the new coach, and and, and, and try to plan mm. something different. And well, uh, I, I, th that made them, I think, uh, uh, have worse performance that they would if. if uh, uh, sometimes there is a there is an expression here in Argentina says uh, it, it's mejor malo conocido que bueno por conocer. It's better. The better one the, you know better the devil you know than yes yeah uh, an important competition like Copa Libertadores when only one match left uh, missing for the uh, group stage and, and and having to to play then round round of sixteen I think it was hard for them mm. and then well River Boca had to eliminate themselves so there were three other teams Huracan well uh, and Racing and San Lorenzo uh, so. The River and Racing are, are still with life. I think Racing will 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 have it an easy or not so easy, but uh, uh, will will access to the semifinals. And well, I have my reserves on River. Yeah, of course. Uh, qualification. Yeah, I obviously again by the time you hear this, you'll you'll know what the result is. And indeed, as I keep saying, I will append the result of River's match uh, to the end of this podcast before uploading it. Um, But yeah, I suspect at this point that we're going to have Racing probably in the semi-final and River very probably not in the semi-final, unfortunately. Um, that's just my prediction. Who knows? Chris Harley also asks one more question. Last, other than the Argentine League, which other South American leagues do you like watching? 
Well, I I sometimes uh, not South American, but I I I wouldn't say I, I like it very much, but I sometimes look Mexico mm. matches, Mexican league matches. Not, there aren't very many that are, are, are televised as regularly yes. as you would think here. Um, but sometimes in the, you get the most important match. And yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of what's programmed every single week, the Argentine League is actually the the only one I think that, that gets televised continent-wide. Um, kind of major live matches, several of them each weekend. The Brazilian League gets a few, but obviously being a separate language, it's kind of Brazil in some ways a bit of an island in the rest of Latin America. Whereas Argentina is is the biggest Spanish-speaking league in, in, in the continent. And so it's much easier, I think, to watch the Argentine League regularly if you live in Colombia or Chile or Peru than it is to watch the Colombian or Chilean or Peruvian League if you live in Argentina. That being said, um, there are a couple of Chilean news channels, for instance, and, um, and sometimes, very occasionally, it'll pop up on Fox Sports when there's nothing else on uh, with Chilean matches. Uh, I've seen Colombian games as well, particularly the playoffs sometimes get televised. Colombia, but those are about it. For yes, Colombian matches are are, are on their TV, I think. Yeah, it, well, precisely. For the last six months, yes. I've not had direct TV. Um, I can make this announcement now. My yes. girlfriend and I signed the contract on a new flat just before we started recording today, um, which means that. Hopefully next week I will have direct TV again and I could not be more excited. This means that I will occasionally be able to watch uh, the Chilean League and the Colombian League again. I do enjoy watching them. But to be honest, when my job involves watching as many of the Argentine Primera games as I can, plus the Copa Libertadores games, plus you know trying to get up uh, for, it for makes the United no time, no time. Weekend. I don't really have any time to watch No time, else. no room to. Particularly when you live in Buenos Aires, which is a city where if you grew up in England, almost every day is a stunningly beautiful and you want to go outside. Um, so when I get the chance, I quite like the, the Colombian playoffs. I'm, I'm not a fan of the playoff system, but the playoffs uh, in Colombia tend to produce some decent matches from the very few that I've managed to catch. And uh, the, the big Chilean games that I've seen, I've enjoyed. But really, that's all we can say because the other leagues in the continent, Uruguay, Paraguay, um, oh, Paraguay, there's a special pay per view channel on DirecTV if you're really obsessed and you want it, but mm. nobody gets it, I don't think. Um, Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, and Venezuela, look at me naming Commonwealth nations. Um, none of those are televised. So we can't really like watching them. That's not to say that we think the league quality is bad, it's just that we can't watch them. So there, there are special programs, like, like for example, uh, I think it's called uh, Gol, Gol Uruguayo or something yeah. like that. In oh, I want to say, yeah, I've, and I've, I've the, seen that a couple of times. And the Paraguayan of, of also, but they are only pieces. They're, they're highlights, highlight yes. shows. Highlights. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, Latin American uh, uh, pay-per-view channels, the, the hot Latin action tends to, to focus on other things, uh, as it were, rather than football. But uh, as you said, it's 15 Argentina... First division matches plus Copa Libertadores Precisely. plus perhaps Champions League if you if you have the time and you have to work on it. Yeah, and it's, it's and if there's a very rare evening when there is no Argentine team playing a football match at all, it's right television off, Netflix on. I'm going to watch a film with my girlfriend instead. Uh, at the moment, anyway, we shall see. Once once I've got Direct TV, she might be in for a bit of a shock about how much football I actually watch when I've got all of the sports channels available, particularly because the Copa America kicks off a few days after we move into the new flat. She's not ready for it. But anyway, um, that was all the listeners' questions. So now, Mystic Sam's theme music, 
and Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. matches as ever this weekend and they are Quilmes versus San Lorenzo on Friday which is going to be a San Lorenzo victory to ensure that they remain at least joint top of the league um, at the end of the weekend Newell's Old Boys versus Banfield is going to be a draw Belgrano de Cordoba versus Gimnasia y Prima La Plata is going to be a Belgrano victory uh, Belgrano's loss away to Godoy Cruz by the way uh, at the weekend Involve one of the more spectacular own goals that you're likely to see. A Renzo Sarabia lob of the goalkeeper and then a very bad tempered end to the game, which we didn't mention. But anyway, Union de Santa Fe versus Godoy Cruz. I think it's an Union win. Independiente versus Tigre is a draw. Sarmiento versus Argentinos Juniors. I'm going for an Argentinos win. Sarmiento are not a bad side, but they have been struggling to score a bit recently. Nueva Chicago against Temperley is a Temperley victory. Meles Sarsfield versus Boca Juniors is a Boca win. Boca are in poor form, maybe, but Boca are joint top and Meles are 20-something, or 20th or somewhere around there. Uh, San Martín versus Defensa Justicia is going to be a San Martín de San Juan win. Estudiantes against Colón de Santa Fe, I think it's an Estudiantes win. Aldo Civi versus Racing, I'm going to go for a draw in Mar del Plata, partly because Racing have had less time to prepare, of course, they're in Copa Libertadores actually on Thursday night. River Plate versus Rosario Central, I think is also going to be a draw um, between them in the league so far this season. These two sides have lost one match, that was River's loss in the Super Classico, of course, because Central are now after Boca's defeat to Albacibi on Sunday, the only team left in the Primera who was still unbeaten. Arsenal de Sarandí against Crucero del Norte is a draw. Huracán uh, versus Atlético de Rafaela is an Atlético win. Lanús versus Olimpo, the final match of the weekend, is a draw. Nobody outside the top eight in the league can concede a fewer goals than Olimpo, which should give you some indication as to why I think they can get a point. Um, Andres, what do you think? Well, I will put my money in Crucero del Norte win against Arsenal. They have. I, I do mention in the preview that if Crucero del Norte are going to get a point from an away game, it's going to be this weekend. But of course, they, it's away condition, but they have scored five goals, as you said, in the last two matches. How many have scored Arsenal? Um, One. Yes. That sounds right. Well, in the 80-something minute. Because Caruso Lombardi is the coach. Because he has the lack of the... Not the debutant. Or, or, or he was the debutant. No, it was his first match in charge, yeah. Well, um, uh, I don't know whether it's luck. Though. He has a habit of, of picking players up. You know, Long-term listeners will be aware that some Handapod team members are Caruso Lombardi fans. And there are some Handapod team members, namely me, who aren't. I think he knows um, about football, but... But it's undeniable in this, in this that case, he makes teams harder to beat the second he walks in the door. He also came out with a fantastic quote a couple of days ago about how this uh, situation that Arsenal are in is not for kids, so he wants to bring in lots of new signings, which he does at every single fucking club he manages. He is really is the Argentine. And, and, uh, it was funny. I, I think he, it was funny, good, good in, a, in a good way, funny, uh, saying how he... 
found the team, the players, everything. He said, I am more worried now than before hmm. being the coach. Like, like saying, well, now I am... <laughs> he always says this, though. He said it when he came to Kilnes. He said, oh, this is impossible. I'm not going to keep them up. Yeah. It just makes it, it means that it becomes a no-loss situation for him. Um, oh, while we've been talking, by the way, it looks like Lanús have advanced in the Copa Argentina. I'm not sure about the score. I'm just seeing it up on Twitter at the moment. Uh, but it looks like they've put Atletico de Tucumán, Atletico Tucumán out of the Copa Argentina. They were 2-0 up about 10 minutes into the second half. Uh, Boca Juniors against Huracán Laceras has now started the second half and is right now oh no it's not started the second half yet it should be kicking off any moment now Huracán Laceras are just running out and it's still goalless um, I'll be back after the theme tune with the final score the final result from that match um, and also of course the final score from the River match and therefore whether or not they are through but for now dear listeners Thank you very much to you for listening. Thank you very much to the Argentina Independent for providing our fernet. Uh, they are a fine and reliable source of English language news, current affairs and entertainment listings and lots of other things from Argentina and from across Latin America, who you can listen to. Uh, listen to? No, that's us. You can read. That's them. They do the reading. They do the written stuff. Uh, free of charge on argentinaindependent.com or you can follow them on Twitter at Argentina Indy that's I-N-D-Y um, thank you very much to them as ever thank you to you for listening and thank you to Andres for coming along and I shall now let you leave so that you can go and get the bus back home and watch the river game hopefully yes. um, thanks Andres yeah, thanks to you and thank you very much from me Good night. Now, the second leg of uh, Cruzeiro against River has finished, and rather surprisingly, River are through to the semi-final of the Copa Libertadores. They won 3-0 on the night for a 3-1 aggregate win after a much-improved performance from last week's first leg. We will find out on Thursday night whether they will play Racing or Guarani in the semi-final, which, of course, will be after the Copa America.